but we have a guest speaker with us today. Uh, our guest speaker is uh, Mr., uh, Pastor Wade Coffey. He has a vision for, um, he has a vision and a mission for setting up micro churches in the Zanesville area. So he's like a gardener. You know, instead of planting flowers and trees, he's planting churches. So that, that, that's how I see him. He serves as a senior pastor and network leader for the Muskingum Valley Vineyard Church, which is a small network of microchurches in the Muskingum Valley area. He, along with his wife and the five kids, live in the Zanesville area, and they make the journey here today to bring the message to, um, to us. I want you to just give him a warm welcome as he comes up to bring the message today. Just before he gets started, I just want to ask him a few questions because I was reading his bio. And you, you know when you have those, um, those queen shows and stuff, like they say, from your bio, um, so and so. So I'm going to say, from your bio, I see that you, um, you plant microchurches and stuff. What is a microchurch? So we define microchurches as supernatural communities where people share life, do mission, and pursue freedom together in God's presence. Awesome, awesome. And uh, do you do that individually, or do you have a team of people working with you doing that? Uh, we have a team, but they're all homegrown. It's, uh, we're making disciples, trusting that God will raise up leaders out of those disciples, and that those leaders will be able to uh, lead and foster these kind of supernatural communities, microchurches, you know, that we're talking about. And then those leaders get together and they strengthen and encourage each other. But yeah, we're working together and then there are different leaders leading different microchurches. Yeah, sounds good, sounds good. All right, um, so you would say the mission of the, the, the microchurches is just to spread the gospel um, within the area? Yeah, I mean, we, we really wanna go for gospel saturation in the Muskingum Valley where we are, our corner of the globe. And we really are trying to think like a, a think more like a movement than just building a church. We want the gospel to push outward and spread toward the margins and then set up little kingdom outposts, microchurches, right. as we go. And you're saying in the Muskingum Valley area, is there any plans to expand and just go further? Yeah, you know, we, we say the Muskingum Valley and beyond. And beyond. And so, beyond. all right. Absolutely. All right. Well, heck, bless us today with the word of the Lord. Okay. Thanks, Thomas. So excited to be here with you guys. I was going to say I was Chip Richardson, but you already told him I'm not. So I have such high respect for Pastor Chip, ex-Pastor Dave. We've been friends for a long time now because in the vineyard, we come together once a month uh, in our areas for these pastor's gatherings, and it's been really special to get to know these guys over the years. So I just want to say you guys are in good hands, and of course, Roxanne and Kim and uh, now Alicia and Thomas, you know, just uh, amazing leaders that you've had and future leaders that you are having and will have. So uh, my family is here. Susan, my wife, raise your hand in the front row, and then I've got two of my kids sitting in here. Uh, the other three are in kids' class or 
whatever you guys call it. And then I've got some other friends here as well, and they're going to help when we do some ministry time toward the end. I'm really hoping that you guys will participate in ministry time because I think the Holy Spirit has some really significant things he wants to do in that time together. Now, I knew exactly what God was asking me to talk about this morning as soon as Chip called me and said, would you come and speak at my church? So I had to ask him, is there anything specific that you want me to talk about? Because already I felt like as soon as he had said that, I knew what God wanted me to talk about. He said, I want you to talk about the Holy Spirit. I said, okay, perfect. Because the Lord put a story on my heart, a real life story to share with you And that's what I'm going to do this morning. And the goal is to really illustrate the workings of the Holy Spirit. Because we have to move out of the realm of the theological at some point and into the realm of the practical. And sometimes we can do that best when we put skin on the the workings of God. Amen? All right. Well, I'm going to share that story in just a minute, and I'm, I'm going to say a few things about the Holy Spirit just up front to get us started, but let me pray before I jump in. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of being here together. We thank you for what you're about to do, and we pray in this time that you would teach us who you are and that you would meet us where we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'm going to give you a few bullet points about the Holy Spirit, just to make sure that we're all on the same page about who we're talking about, okay? Holy Spirit, uh, third person of the Trinity, right? He is the executor of the kingdom of God and the administrator of the church of Jesus Christ. He directs. He directs his people. He directs the church. He sets up these divine appointments, as we like to call them, right? He empowers. He empowers the church for mission. He saves, heals, and delivers. And he fills us with life and peace. He protects, reveals, and puts into motion what God has prepared for those who love him. And he is the one about whom Jesus said to his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 7. Jesus says, but I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go, the counselor will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's, from beginning to end, in the Bible. So we could go on and on, but I just wanted to give you a few bullet points. And I wanted to say that the Christian life is really fueled by the Holy Spirit. Anybody read the book of Acts? Oh, man. The book of Acts is incredible. There are crazy stories in there. Crazy stories. The secret ingredient, Holy Spirit, right? 
you have this, this, if you're not familiar with the Bible, it's in the New Testament, it's after Jesus dies, he's raised from the dead, and then he ascends to heaven, and then uh, he teaches the apostles for a little bit, teaches the disciples a little bit, and then he sends them off on his mission. But first, he says, you need the Holy Spirit. Wait until you receive the Holy Spirit. So they wait, and on Pentecost, everything changes, because that's the moment where the Holy Spirit is poured out in power, and the church begins to go forth on their mission, which is the same mission of Jesus, by the way. The same mission, same power, same authority that he sends his disciples in. It says in Acts 1.8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the, ends of the earth. Right? The Holy Spirit changes everything. And I want to tell you that if you are trying to live the Christian life apart from the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, then you're missing out, right? Those of you who have experienced the power and presence of the Holy Spirit can say amen. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to know God. Well, let me tell you a story that I think will help put some flesh on who the Holy Spirit is and and how he works. Uh, The church that I pastor We have a sister church in Honduras, pastored by a man named Ricardo and his wife, Paola. And each month, I have a video call with them, and we get to talk and catch up. Well, this past November, on our call, Ricardo and Paola told me a story about a woman named Dunya. She and her family are leaders in Ricardo and Paola's church. And they said, wait, we have to tell you a story. So they began to tell me this story. And this is how they told it to me. They were having a conversation with Dunya that turned into talking about miracles. Dunya said, well, I have a story to tell you. She said years ago she had walked away from God and her life wasn't going well. And at that time, she had a four-year-old son who was sick with a condition that caused warts on his tongue, and they were spreading, and there was nothing that the doctors could do to fix it. And it was painful, and she was very sad for him. And then she got invited to this evening church meeting of sorts that was an outdoor gathering And she had walked away from the Lord. She wasn't really interested. But in her desperation and an inner prompting, she finally decided to go. She said there were a couple of white people there who she called missionaries. And one of them invited people who need healed to come forward. When he would pray over people, people many of the people would fall down and people were talking about how they were healed. She thought this was crazy, 
She thought it was weird. But she also thought, I have nothing to lose. And her son said, Mama, I want prayer. So even though she was hesitant, they went forward. And to her surprise, when the missionary, she was going to ask for prayer for her son, he prayed for her, and she felt fire go through her body. That's the way she described it. And she had felt that same feeling previously when she had given her life to the Lord, even though she had walked away from him. She knew it was Jesus. And instantly, she was healed of uh, severe food allergies and digestive issues that she had had. And she realized the next day she was totally well. So he prayed for her son. And her son said, God healed me. So they look at his tongue, and it's the same. It wasn't any different. He still had the warts there. So they said, no, it's, it's not better. He said, no, no, God healed me. Four years old. Well, he kept encouraging her mom, his mom, to believe. God's healed me. And months later... He said, Mom, look. And everything, the, the warts had vanished, and he was completely healed. And he told his mom, you have to be patient. <laughs> so as a result, she began attending Ricardo and Paula's church. Their whole family came to the Lord because of this. She turned back, began walking with the Lord and following him wholeheartedly. And eventually they became leaders in Ricardo and Paula's church. So Ricardo and Paula began asking more questions. And as she described when this event was, and where it was, and what the missionary looked like, Ricardo and Paula, they, they pulled out a picture on their phone and said, is this him? She said, yes. How did you know? Do you know him? And they explained to Dunya that they actually helped plan that event in that village. And they were there that night, even though they hadn't met Dunya that night. And they, say, Wait, they said, Wade, and the missionary, that was you. I said, oh, yes. You see, I had been there 10 years ago. And the Holy Spirit had sent me there to... Uh, equip some leaders and how to do power evangelism, you know, partnering with the Holy Spirit to help lead people to Jesus and see people healed and that sort of thing. And then we would, what we did when I went there 10 years ago is we, we equipped the leaders and then we walked around this village and we would pray for people and we would invite them to come to these evening meetings that we would have where we would, you know, share the gospel and pray for people and worship. And we did that for two, two days. So we had two of those evening meetings. Dunya had been invited to one of those meetings. And she was there when the, when the Lord was moving powerfully and touched her and healed her. Isn't that incredible? Well, that's the beginning of the story I'm going to tell you. 
as soon as they told me this story in November, just recently, I felt God say in that moment, and it's time to go back. And they said to me, Wade, when we heard that story, we felt God said the same thing. It's time for you to come back. But there was a challenge because for various reasons, our church has gone through some difficult things in the, you know, since that time. And for, for various reasons, we're not with the organization we were with that was kind of the mediator that would set up these trips with our sister church. So we didn't really know how to go to Honduras without them taking care of all the details. But we prayed about it, and we felt like the Lord said still that we needed to go, and he would take care of everything. So we set a trip for this past April. And we went on this trip, and, and uh, my associate Cameron, he went with me, and we had a wonderful God, just God-saturated time there. There are all kinds of stories I can tell you, but looking back, there's one that really stuck out that I believe is for you guys today. So, leading up to this trip, we had decided we're going to go, right? And we were on a video call with Ricardo and Paula again, and Ricardo, he said, there's a pastor, Jose, that I think you guys, I think we need to do a joint service while you're there. Would you be willing to minister at his church if our two churches get together? I said, Ricardo, of course, I'm there to do whatever you guys want us to do. And I didn't know until afterwards what a big deal this was for Ricardo. For him to step out and make this in, invitation to do this joint service was a big deal because there had been a split and some challenges between these two pastors and therefore their two churches as well. And I didn't know that going in. I didn't know that until after the meeting. But it was a really big deal. But Ricardo said he felt prompted and it wouldn't go away. We had to do this. Okay. So I planned, well, let's do a healing service. Right? Dunya has this amazing story. That's the reason we're here. Let's do a healing service. Dunya can share a testimony. And then we'll, uh, I'll speak a little bit and we'll pray for people. But before I got up to speak, I mean... Dunya was up there sharing, and before I got on my chair to speak, the Holy Spirit kept impressing upon me that I needed to share a word, a prophetic word, over the pastor of that church, Jose. So, I was a little bit, I don't know, anxious, but I couldn't, I couldn't shake it. It would have, you know, on one hand, it would have been easy to just go into what's scripted, and, and go with what I was thinking I would share. On the other hand, it was, it was like I just couldn't shake this feeling. So I got up there and I, I said, I feel like I'm supposed to pray over your pastor uh, first. I said, and I think I'm supposed to share this word with him. 
But to understand this word that I shared with him, I have to tell you about an experience that happened to me, an encounter I had with Jesus. And this happened on October 2nd last year. So this happened a month before I learned about Dunya and God called me back to Honduras. So let me tell you what happened, and then this prophetic word will make more sense that I shared over Jose. Okay, so October 2nd, 2022, at the church I pastor, I was playing drums. By the way, your drummer did a nice job this morning. Wherever you are, I appreciated that. And I felt like the Lord said, you need to come out from behind the drums. We were in a worship set. I felt like the Lord was inviting me to come out from behind the drums and lay on the floor at the front of the church. I'm not accustomed to doing that. <laughs> but it was one of those things, you know, it was consistent. So what I did was I came out from behind the drums at kind of a lull in the song. I wasn't playing anything real loud or crazy. I tried to sneak out and lay in the front. And as soon as I got down, I got down on my knees, and I felt like the Lord said, you need to get lower. So I laid down on the floor, and I was a little bit like, you know, you feel like you're in front of everybody because you are. You don't know if people are looking at you or not. But as soon as I laid down, the Holy Spirit began to minister to me. I mean, even saying that, I feel chills from this experience. I had been praying a deep prayer in my spirit, from my heart, for the past few years, because it had been a few pretty hard years. A lot of churches had some hard years during the COVID season, right? And I kept praying, Lord, build your church. Lord, build your church. It's your church. You build it. Build your church. And I, I laid on the ground, and it just started coming out, and that's what I was praying. And then I was startled because Jesus spoke back to me. He said, I will build my church. And I was a mess. I knew it was Jesus because I knew the scripture. Was that Matthew 16? I'm looking at Dave to help me out. But he says on this rock, I will build my church. And I began shaking and I began weeping and I, I just was a mess. I couldn't do anything else. And then he started to show me how he was going to build his church. He was going to build his church out of people who had broken and bruised souls. And he showed me faces of people. And he said, these I want to restore and call them into their destinies this is who I'm going to build my church out of. You know, it's like the passage where Jesus says, I've, I've come for the sick, not the healthy, right? And in that moment, he began bringing several scriptures to mind to help me understand. And I got understanding that moment of things I did not understand before. It was a revelatory moment for me. Maybe I'll share some of that stuff another time. But all I could do as I was laying there was cry and shake, and I thought, I may be a spectacle up here, but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I didn't care at that point. 
Now, Adam happened to be there that day in Corey, but Adam came over and he put his hand on me and prayed for me, and he was with me in that moment, which is pretty cool that he's here today while I'm talking about it. I thought, I've got a, I've got a message I have to give. Like, I have other people who are a part of the sermon I'm about to give, and they're supposed to speak, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't do anything. So the worship team bailed me out. That sermon did not get preached that week. The worship team played some more songs, and the Holy Spirit ministered in a beautiful way. It was just such an atmosphere of freedom that morning, and he ministered to people in a wonderful way. And, and even some people uh, hurting inside were getting touched and, and restored. One thing I remember from that time was the love that I felt. When I looked at people in the church or I thought about the church, all I could feel was God's love for them. It didn't matter how broken or bruised or messed up anyone was or how much conflict we were having. All I felt was his love for them. It was an overwhelming experience as he was giving me his heart for his church so I could partner with him as he was building it. And by the way, when I felt that love, fear, fears I had I didn't even know I had, especially about leading a church, began to melt away. And he was bringing freedom into my life as well through that encounter. Perfect love drives out fear. Okay, that was October. Now let me fast forward back to Jose. I shared a little bit about this encounter before I prayed over him. And one of the things I explained to the people in the room was that when I was on the floor, Jesus showed me later, he said, that's the best posture to partner with me in building my church. Because when you're on your knees or when you're on the floor, you're not the one working. He is. And we're out of the way. I think one of the biggest challenges for us uh, as leaders in the church is learning how to get out of the way. But what I had done is I invited people there in Honduras in that meeting all around the room. If you'd like to lay on the floor, if you'd like to be on your knees, I'd like you to just partner with God, partner with Jesus as he builds his church. And this is how he showed me we could do that. So people were laying, people were on their knees. And as people were praying, I turned to Jose. I shared a passage of scripture. And I looked him in the eye and I put my hand on him and I said, Jose, Jesus wants you to know he will build his church. I didn't say much else. I think I said maybe the weight of building the church comes off right now. He fell to his knees he began crying and lifting his hands. It wasn't what I said. It was the Holy Spirit punch behind it. This was a God setup. This is the Holy Spirit doing that Book of Acts stuff. And do you remember what was 
Jesus told me I will build my church, but then he began unpacking the word. Do you remember, I shared just a glimpse of what was in that word, how he was gonna build it out of broken and bruised people, and he started showing me all these different things about light and darkness, and how he's gonna fill everything in every way through his church, all this stuff. All that was in the word when I said, Jose, Jesus wants you to know he will build his church. And the Holy Spirit began to bring that all to life in Jose. He's a good builder. He knows what he's doing. And he will relentlessly, relentlessly go after anything that holds back the building of his church. What was amazing was, in that moment, people from both congregations, including our, our sister church, uh, as well as Ricardo, uh, they all just surrounded Jose. They, they were weeping, they were praying, God was moving, and others around the room, still on their knees and on their faces. It was, it was just this lovely scene of God moving. I mean, <laughs> I'm just thinking back on it, but man, Jose, his, his world was getting rocked in that moment. And I knew what he was going through. I'd been there. Now, remember, I said there was a rift between these two churches. That all went away in a moment. Just like that. Instant. I don't know if you guys have ever been in a moment like that where God just plays a trump card. It's beautiful. And you realize all the stuff you hold in your heart, it's not that big a deal. There's more important things we can occupy our hearts and minds with. Well, I did go on to share a brief message after that. Um, I talked about how Jesus brings freedom. We ended up praying for people. I'll tell you one, one quick story, one notable story is uh, at the end I had, I had given a word of knowledge that uh, someone had a heart condition and it was causing pain in the right arm. And this woman had responded. Several people had responded, so I didn't know who had responded to what. But they came up front. Um, and then Cameron and, and Ricardo and Paula's daughter, uh, Diana, she's, uh, she was 11 years old at the time, they prayed for this woman. Well, she not only got healed of her heart condition, she got healed of... Um, anemia, and she got healed of deafness in her ear and healed of an infection in her ear. And she said, I'm going to the doctor to testify. So uh, we, again, divine appointment, God set it up. We ran into her in a public place <laughs> later, and she said, here's what happened. I'm totally clean of everything. And so she did go and testify about what Jesus had done, and the doctor tested her, and sure enough, she's good to go. So God was moving, you know, in this time. The Holy Spirit was at work. But I didn't realize until later the depth and power of what God had done. Let me tell you a little bit more of what, what was going on behind the scenes in the, in the spirit and in the natural. Paula, the pastor's wife of our sister church, um, she told me afterwards, she said, when we were praying for Jose, 
there was an earthquake. I was laying here on the platform, and they were all praying here. I felt nothing. She said, no, we've had earthquakes before. It's a big deal. I know what they feel like. There was an earthquake, and I opened my eyes and looked, and no one seemed concerned. I said, okay. And I just kind of tucked that one away. Like, I, I didn't feel anything. I don't know what to tell you. I was right next to you. No earthquake. She said, even when she would, would close her eyes, she could feel it in, inside of her, you know? And I thought, maybe God was doing something, but I don't know what. But God wanted me to understand. So we go from that meeting, get on the bus, and I'm sitting next to her 11-year-old daughter, the one who had prayed for the woman with the deaf ear. She said, we were talking about things. She said, I was scared when we were praying over Jose. I said, what were you afraid of? She said, the earthquake. <laughs> now I'm listening. Tell me what you experienced. She said, when you were praying, she looked around and the walls were shaking and she could feel the shaking. And things began falling off the walls. She closed her eyes. She opened her eyes again and the walls are still shaking and now they're crumbling. She closes her eyes. She begins to cry because she's scared. This was very real. And then she opens her eyes again and everything was back to normal. I'm like, I think you had a vision. <laughs> she's like, what's a vision? And then her younger sister said, I saw it too. The stage was swaying and the plants on the stage and the decorations were swaying back and forth. I'm like, okay, something clearly was happening. These little girls were, they were excited about what God was doing, but they were a little freaked out also. I don't know if you guys have ever been a little freaked out by God, but he has the tendency to do that. But it's okay if we get shaken out of our comfort zones a little bit. I was like, did you talk to your mom? They said, no. Why? I said, well, you, you need to talk to her because she experienced the same thing. And then the next night, we were having dinner with an uh, older lady who had been at that meeting. And over dinner, she said, when you were praying for Jose, I looked up and there were angels. I could see angels flying around the ceiling. Okay, we've got earthquakes and angels, uh, deaf ears opening, you know, people getting healed. God was doing something. I was amazed, but I didn't, I didn't know all of what God was doing until this past week, which was nice because God had already told me to tell you this story. So if he wanted me to tell you anymore, he had to <laughs> fill me in And Tuesday. I learned more of what was happening. I was on a video call with Ricardo and Paula, which is our normal time to talk. And so, so Ricardo had had an opportunity to talk to Jose. And he said, listen, this is what was happening. There was an earthquake going on in the spirit. 
There were angels flying around the ceiling. What was happening? Jose began to open up. None of us knew ahead of time that Jose was battling severe depression. There were struggles with the church, struggles with you know, people saying unkind things about him. Being a church leader is hard. You guys pray for your leaders. The Bible says that for a reason. He had some health problems that were causing him stress, just to name a few things. And the enemy had so oppressed him, he was about to take his own life. He had everything planned out and ready. He had written a resignation letter to the church that he was about to turn in to try to lessen the blow to the church that they would already be moving on and looking for someone else. He was going to make it look unintentional in an attempt to lessen the blow to his family. He has, you know, young kids and stuff. He had convinced himself even that somehow it would make it easier on them if he would be wearing the clothes that he would be buried in, that he wanted to be buried in when he died so that his family wouldn't have to pick them out later. This is how close it was. Now, I just want to say all of that is irrational. All of the, his thinking was irrational, but that's what happens when the enemy gets involved, when there's oppression and you, you're not thinking right. That wasn't going to help his church. That wasn't going to help his family. They needed him. But everything started to make sense to me. Because remember, when Jesus said to him in that word, I will build my church, Jesus was saying, I've got this. I'm taking the weight off of you and on to myself. I've heard your heart cry. I'm here to save, heal, and deliver you. I still have plans for you, and I will use you to build my church. All of that was in that word, even if not all those words were spoken. Jesus is here to restore broken and bruised souls, not to throw them out and cast them aside, but to say, I want you, I want to build out of your life. I want to lead you into your destiny. I want you to be a part of what I'm building. So in that moment, Jesus stepped in. He saved, healed, and delivered Jose and his entire church that night. As Ricardo and Paula shared, I, it was like things just became clear for me and I understood some things I didn't understand. The angels were there. They were shifting the spiritual atmosphere. They were pushing back darkness. This, this wasn't just like for, you know, Rosa's entertainment to see these angels. This was real. The battle is real. 
but it says in Hebrews that God sends his angels to serve those who inherit salvation. And they were on our side, fighting for us in that moment, fighting for Jose and his church. The entire atmosphere of the church changed. And in my heart, at that moment, I understood the earthquake. The earthquake was love at war. It was the kingdom breaking in and the love of God being poured out. Why do you think a a rift between two churches can instantly change? Because everybody was just soaked and saturated in the love of God. (laughs) And all the oppression began to come off in that shaking. Do you know that sometimes God shakes his church to get us back to the foundation and all the stuff that the seeds the enemy plants and all the divisions and the oppression. And he tries to destroy your life, my life, our churches. He fights against us. That earthquake was God just undoing all the enemy's work in a moment. It was God's mercy. Why? Because Jesus is building his church. So after hearing the backstory, Jose went on to tell Ricardo and Paula, which they passed along to us, he said, everything is different now. Everything's turned around. The pieces are falling into place. And I want to let you know that the Holy Spirit, this is me winding down, okay? The Holy Spirit had already been putting a rescue plan for Jose and his church in motion long beforehand. We just got to watch as he revealed it, as God, as the Holy Spirit was revealing the plans that God had prepared for those who love him, the, the plan that God had for Jose. Think about it. Ten years ago, Dunya gets healed. No one knows about it until November, or maybe October. I didn't know about it until November. Last October, God invited me out from behind the drums to lay on the ground so he could talk to me about building his church. Right about the same time as probably when Ricardo and Paula were hearing Dunya's testimony, right? This miraculous story that would ultimately, God would use to send us back to Honduras. The Spirit prompts Ricardo to step over the line of discomfort and to courageously set up this joint service. And right before I get up to speak, the Holy Spirit tells me, hey, remember that experience you had on the floor? It wasn't just for you. I need you to share that here tonight. And immediately, heaven backed it up. Heaven just filled that room. And there were signs and wonders. It sounds like the book of Acts, doesn't it? This is the Holy Spirit, same Holy Spirit. But that's not the end of the story because then Chip calls me. He says, wait, I want you to come speak here to you all. And immediately I knew I needed to share that story. 
so why do you think he did that? What do you think the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life today? I'm not here accidentally. You're not hearing this by chance. God's ordained this moment. Some of you probably already know exactly why you had to hear these stories and what God's doing in you. And before anyone thinks to yourself, yeah, but you know, that's Honduras, and of course, uh, miraculous things happen in countries like that. And you, you just need to know that is Satan's plan to tempt you to make a judgment that disqualifies you from what God wants to do in your life in this moment. Okay? Don't take the bait. There's so many stories in this room that are just as miraculous. And if you'll accept God's invitation today and not create a judgment that separates you from the God in this story, from the God in this room, there will be more miraculous stories in this room. So let the Holy Spirit connect the dots in your heart as we spend some time worshiping. And then after that, we're going to have some time for personal ministry. And I just don't want you guys to miss the moment of what God wants to do in your life. So after we do some worship, we'll come back. We're going to do some ministry time. And uh, we'll see what the Holy Spirit is up to. Amen? Amen. Let's do some worship. Or offering. Or-